From a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's Jukebox Republic with Shirley Lin. But first, we take you over to a brand new edition of Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're joining us via Facebook live stream, today's Friday, November, November 20th. Otherwise, it's Monday, November 23rd. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me in the studio today, sitting in for Shirley Lin, who is unfortunately in the hospital, is uh, Leslie Liao. Yeah, Leslie Liao. I hope I can uh, live up to Shirley's <laughs> presence in this show. All right. Up next, well, well, we'll be telling you why a Taiwanese political party has launched a brand of fashion products, then a new COVID-19 regulations set to take effect, and the American Institute in Taiwan says that Taiwan is the seventh largest source of foreign students in the United States. We'll be telling you what the U.S. has to offer to Taiwanese students in just a moment. Kamala Harris's recent outfit during her uh, acceptance speech or whatever you call it, her victory speech for when she won the vice presidency of the U.S. Mm -hmm. You remember that? That very striking white suit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how can you not remember? Well, that aside, politicians usually aren't people I think of as being terribly fashionable. I mean, they may dress smartly and conservatively, but fashionably... mm. However, uh, the KMT, Taiwan's, well, currently Taiwan's main opposition party, thinks it has what it takes to, uh, I guess, uh, zoom into the world of haute couture. Yeah, they're going to try and get into fashion. And this is coming off of their um, their new e-commerce platform. It's going to be based off of Line, which is a very popular chat software it's here the in the popular chat software. It is like here. the one, There's right? no, None of the other ones exist here, Yeah, it, it is the one. And apparently it sees pretty low usage. Now, the KMT is... How old, is the K, how old do you think the KMT is? Oh, they're real, like really old. More yeah. than 100, more than a hundred years. It's uh, they're entering their one hundred and twenty-sixth year. Okay. And demographics say, again, not yeah. a number you associate with uh, fashion in yeah. terms of age. You see, it's like um, if we want to go back to one hundred twenty-six years, what were people wearing back then? Oh, I'm thinking more like by, by once you get up those numbers, you're wearing you know granny. Yeah. Suits now that and, you think about it, like. They were they were around for the flapper period, like flapper know. dresses and beads. So, are we talking about? Uh, are we going to see them on runways soon, or is this more like moisturizers and other? No, products? this is um, this is just to celebrate. Well, one of the things that the KMT suffers from is uh, they are seen as kind of like the old guard, right? Yeah. They, they so they gave their youth development platform, the youth department, an e-commerce platform, and the youth department is actually starting to sell like hats and T-shirts that have ROC forever. ROC Emblem. stands for Republic, Republic of China. Republic of China. Taiwan's official name. Yeah. Uh, Emblazoned on their t-shirts. And there's also a, a big um, 
a big uh, pillow of the... Party emblem. Yeah, of the party emblem. And they're going to try and sell this to help uh, raise awareness for the 126th celebration of the KMT. And also, they say that these half of these funds are going to go towards developing like youth opportunities in the KMT. I, when you said fashion, I had imagined at least two times as much glitter as that. Um, or maybe I'm, some sequins... Uh, I'm sure it's not out of the question, especially so, if this is a youth movement within the KMT. I mean, that's that's very basic fashion. I would love to see uh, Johnny Chung like sport maybe a KMT, you know, sport coat or something uh, yeah, like that. He's the head of the the party. That's right. That's right. Who's who's younger in there? Jiang Wan, and he could do to walk down the runway. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a big fashionable guy, right? Isn't he? He's like the face of the youth movement in the KMT. He's the only young girl one I can think of. Yeah, he's the and, and he's like forty something, John. Um, and then if the, if you think if you correlate that with young in the KMT, then you can see what the problem is mm. um, within the party. So, um, are we gonna? Can we expect to see this at least uh, grace some sort of runway? Um, maybe not going to Milan or anything like that, but it graced the KMT's announcement runway when they announced this whole line of products okay uh, at the Fair press enough. conference uh these products are priced at around 500 new t- 499 499 uh for the t-shirts and the hat and 299 for the pillow i don't think i would pay that much for even if i was a party supporter um yeah i can that's find that's, myself that's how about, many how much is that in u.s dollars that's about 10 bucks 24 Five-ish. I mean, well, the the new Taiwan dollars are pretty strong lately, so I want to okay. say about twenty-two U.S. dollars I mean, for the shirts, and about uh, ten bucks for the pillow. I mean, at least do something to make a bit more of a statement, some chiffon or something. Yeah, <laughs> a boa. Yeah, but like you, you can see, like they're trying to reach out to a much younger constituency. They're saying through the e-commerce initiative, the youth department not only hopes to improve the KMT's financial situation, which. I mean, I they had a lot of money. Did you hear like the 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 whole the whole ractopamine debate in Taiwan? Right, um, lawmakers are in a tiff about importing U.S. pork because U.S. pork contains ractopamine, which is a feed additive. Mm-hmm. And they had these giant like pig figurines in the um, in the law in yeah in the legislature. I think they're better sculptors than they are fashion designers. And those pigs cost like. Five hundred thousand U.S. like uh, not not U.S. dollars, New Taiwan dollars. Wow. Yeah. So they they're they're, they're um, I would I would be questioning where they spend their money. Okay. I mean, I mean, one does need decoration. Yeah. Uh, indeed. But that's what's going on with the KMT. Whether or not this will lead to more. Oh, they need a, col- a line of cologne. Oh, they do, huh? Like, what what, what, would, what would a KMT cologne be like? I don't know. Um. <laughs> I don't know, the smell of rac- odoractopamine. Odoractopamine, odoractopamine. I don't know, like, smell like the 19... 19- it smell like 1894, you know? I, I don't think that smells very good. I, Didn't I, they have, like, open sewers back then? Who was the... Yeah, that was... That was, um... I think, was that, was that like, Upton Sinclair, the jungle yeah, type Yeah, that kind of, well, roughly. Roughly. Oh, well. Um, well, I mean, uh, back to the drawing board, I guess. Maybe we'll see if they can pull well, off something Well, let's see how more, it goes. Let's see how the sales more go. More fashionable next time. Yeah. had to follow too many new regulations related to the COVID-19 pandemic, right. at least not so far. Wear a mask on the subway, yes, but lots of people were doing that anyway, because yeah. people on the subway are often gross. Well, yeah, and for some reason, um, I'm not sure why all of a sudden the C- the Central Epidemic Command Center is starting to implement 
um, all these measures again. I mean, these don't get me wrong. These measures definitely helped sure. uh, Taiwan in getting the COVID-19 situation under control to the point where we can have 22 show tours of uh, Phantom of the Opera. That's true. Um, but now they are implementing uh, mandatory mask uh, wearing at, you know, these public places. So they have um, healthcare facilities like hospitals and stuff That's like that. That's an obvious one. Yeah. You don't want to be spreading your germs around where, with all, all those other sick people, too. Yeah, immunocompromised uh, individuals. You have public transportation. Definitely. Guess, yeah. Close, MRT, so close. MRT is very strict about... Um, the sub of about wearing masks, right? Some people still can't figure out after all these months how to put one on your face. This doesn't work, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's got to be over the nose and the mouth. Like, hey, genius. Like, down to here doesn't cut it. Not just that, but, like, I've seen people just charge in to an MRT station without a mask. Oh, people, people have. I've seen people get yelled at for that, though. I've, I've, I just saw a person just, like, not even care, just go for mm. it. And, like, the person at the who's monitoring all the, the, the temperatures, they have the infrared camera to make right. sure everyone's temperature's okay. Oh, what fancy station do you go to? Mine doesn't. Oh, this was <laughs> at um, Mingchen Xilu. So, I think, okay. yeah, this was a more of a... a it's a transfer a transfer station. station so, it's, it's a bigger. lot of people go, coming and going to yeah. and fro. Yeah. Uh, the next place is Places of Consumption. Places of consumption. That, that sounds like a disease. Broad. That is very broad. Of consumption. Places of learning. Places of learning. So education okay. places, um, not just schools and stuff like that, but I guess cram schools. Sure. Or, or like tutor broad. Yeah. yeah. Tutor areas. Sports and exhibition venues. You need to have a mask. Entertainment venues. KTVs. Right. Theaters. Right. Movie theaters. Um, houses of worship. So I guess like temples Religious and places, places like that. Uh, and office and business venues. Ooh, that's... So I, that'll be us soon enough. I wonder how we can do it. I, I think that encompasses almost everything except for your own residence. I don't know. So are we going to have to be putting these on soon? It's um, going to be make for interesting audio quality. That's what I was going to say. What's fun, though, is if if you do this and you have, like, uh, one of those old newsreel themes and you go, that's the news <laughs> of the week. <laughs> like a night we go back to the 1950s. I mean, you know, maybe R the KMT can bring that in. RTI time machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. You, go. you see the KMT will, will know about that. Uh, yeah. So that's what's happening. Also, people coming back from Taiwan now, people, uh, people coming into Taiwan now, whether you're a national or here for business purposes, you actually need to now provide a PCR test within three days of your arrival in Taiwan saying mm. that you're negative right. uh, in order to get in. Now, there is uh, a workaround where if you don't get a PCR test in your uh, country of origin, you can actually get one upon landing, mm. and then you still have to undergo 14-day quarantine. And even if you do bring a PCR test, you still have to undergo 14 days of quarantine. That's a lot of quarantine. That's a lot of quarantine. The only positive thing we want is attitudes, people. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all there is. I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, uh, Taiwan... Taiwan's quarantine measures, they actually trace your cell phone, right? And Yeah, that's a bit creepy. I'm glad I haven't been traveling in the last... That's true. Since the, really, since it, things got out of hand. That's very true. So, um, if you do not wear a mask, you can actually face a fine of 3,000 New Taiwan dollars. So, this, have they come into effect yet? Because could we be fine now? December 1st. Okay. December We're safe. 1st. Yeah. We're loopholed in. I'm so glad that I bought a new, a, a new box of masks. Oh, I should do that. Uh, I mean, do you have trouble? You don't have trouble getting them now. I have stock... From earlier, but I, who knows? Didn't you have one from your trip to uh, Myanmar a while back, and you had a nice shade of blue? And I complimented. It was like, Ooh, oh, John, blue um, masks. Yeah, I, I before things got really out of hand, I was in Southeast Asia, and yeah, I yeah. I, I bought up a whole lot there for an infa very much inflated price because at, at the time they had no cases there, so they were like all anyone visiting, they're like trying to. 
Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, and 3000 is actually low end. You can actually get find up to 15000 uh, new Taiwan dollars. I've often wondered because pretty much any crime or misdemeanor here has a range of fines. And some of them, it's like, okay, there may be a sliding scale. But like with a mask, you either have it on or not. Yeah. How do you determine what's... There's no... Like, could you get fined less if it's not covering your nose? Or I guess the quality of the mask. There's a sliding scale of severity. You either have it on or you don't. So why this... Like you're saying, right? room for how much to find people. If you just don't have it on the mouth, if it's just over the mouth and not the nose and the mouth, or well, you tried, you try, you get you get a little bit of a silver medal of participation. Um, there's also, yeah, that's that's the newest regulation, and like I said, um, I guess there's been kind of like a slight increase in cases that's been reported in Taiwan, but those are mostly imported. They're all imported, pretty much. They're yeah. all traceable, and they have not led to. Uh, a domestic outbreak, which would be terrible if there were. Yeah, a we've gotten outbreak. away for for away from for, from so long, you know. Yeah. Uh, let's see what we have. Uh, we have someone says Mickey Lynn says I actually already feel annoying about covering masks, especially while working. Yeah, I mean it's just one of those things. I mean even even when I'm in the office and John and I are in the office when we're just writing on our computers, we have a mask on all the time. It's just you just don't know who's been coughing on things when you're not around. Oh yeah, you have no idea. There's lots of people in this building. Yeah, there's like there's there's a good number, but the the, the nice thing is our office is nice and spacious. Sure, we so can we, do social distancing there. We are socially distant. Uh, yeah, so that's the newest. If you plan on coming to Taiwan, well, I don't think they let you in unless you fulfill certain descriptions, like uh, yeah. performers for musicals, performers, um, or business people. That's pretty much it, unless you're a citizen. Yo Yo Ma is uh is has even Yo Yo Ma has to go through quarantine. Jen Dolari says, "I'm so glad someone is taking COVID seriously." In Seattle, we started to relock down the county and businesses, and people are uh, fighting it. And measures aren't anywhere near as strict as what you're just reporting. The thing is, um, Taiwan actually went through kind of like a faux lockdown. I would dare say, like back in February oh. and March. They were talking about what it would take to do a lockdown, but then right. we just never got there. It's, um, it's right. But like, I think people, they started wearing masks of their own accord. Sure, sure. And then the streets were emptier than I've ever seen them. So right. people kind of like locked themselves down. Because they've all, they all remember SARS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. That didn't really right, hit right. the States very badly. At least where I was, there was no, no one was sick. And so there's not that memory of how bad that's, it can get. That's uh, that's actually a good point. That's actually a very good point. Um, so, I'm sure after this, next time around, well, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, Taiwan is much smaller. I think it's a little more manageable. And masks were part of the daily life before the right, pandemic hit, right? right? I mean, the, the air pollution here was just so bad that people would need to wear masks. I don't know what this does for air pollution, but for, apparently for droplets and things like that, it's yeah, pretty good. So. It'll help. All right. Well, uh, I guess we can look forward to obeying all those new rules. <laughs> now, the U.S. has, well, both you and I went to school there. There's, there are a lot of overseas students studying in the country. And mm. it surprises me very much that Taiwan is apparently now the seventh largest source of these international students. Yeah, would you believe it? People, apparently, they really like to study in the States. I just, uh, it was all Chinese where, where I was, but... I mean, there was a, yeah, the, there was a significant, like, Taiwanese population at my school. But then again, like you said, there was an even larger 
China student body, right, right. Chinese student body. Anyway, between 2019 and 2020 academic year, the AIT, the American Institute in Taiwan, which is the de facto embassy of uh, the American presence in Taiwan. Okay. Um, they, and also a dragon boat racing team. That too, apparently. <laughs> Are they very good? Anyway, they, they, uh, they said... The number of Taiwanese students studying in American uh, edu- uh, in American schools increased by 1.5%, and now Taiwan is the seventh largest source of overseas students wow. from uh, to the United States. The first one is uh, China. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And then you have India. I'm also not terribly surprised. There's a lot of students from there. How about South Korea? Yes. Okay. That's pretty typical. Saudi Arabia? I don't think I ever met a Saudi Arabian at school. I, I didn't either, actually. They only they only made up three percent. And then what's after Saudi Arabia is Canada, which you think by proxy, Canada Canadians would be more keen. Well, then again, Canadians are close to all the mayhem that is America. Yeah, and sometimes I, they see it and they're just like, I'm, "Oh, I don't want any part of that." I was gonna say, um, more power to you is all I can say. Yeah. Um, and so and so we're at seven. Uh, yeah, we're at seven, and we're right behind Vietnam, actually. Would you believe that? Um, let me think. The Vietnamese people I know went to school in Canada. Huh. So. And then behind Taiwan is Japan, then Brazil. And those five, Canada, Vietnam, Taiwan, Japan, and Brazil, they are at different increments of 2%. Okay, so, it's so around, not a very large number, actually. Do you want to get, venture to guess how many... Um, how much students from China constitute overseas students in the U.S.? It's a large number, and and I throw a number out there, man. And um, I had some friends who were from China, mm? but and I also remember once getting into an argument in a library with someone who was very loudly talking on their phone. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, so a lot. Let's just say thirty-five percent. So that is over one in three. Student, one in three overseas students in the states is from China, mm. and I think, and and I guess the whole trade war and other acrimony hasn't affected that. Well, no, because they actually said it, it was an, an increase. It was a year year on year increase. That surprises me. That's uh, would you wouldn't you know it? I wonder what the what the, I mean. I guess a lot of them uh, may be looking for one of those brand name. Schools, Yale, Harvard, etc. Yeah, um, but I can't. They can, they can't all be going to those schools. Those are the premier institutions, right? What boggles my mind is that the price of a higher education in the United States has just spiked over the past few years. Even since when we were in school. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think. Um, I think I remember my first quarter at in school cost around two thousand U.S. dollars, and by the end of it, I was paying around four thousand a quarter. How did that happen? I, it was uh, it was the California education system, man. I don't even know. That's crazy. Yeah, and um, the states receiving the most international students were California, okay. of course, New York. I lived there before. Texas. I also lived there before. Massachusetts. I think that's uh, that's Andrew Ryan's territory. Illinois, Philadelphia, Florida, Ohio, Michigan, and Indiana. Wow, that's all. That's all the Midwestern, the Midwestern states, Western huh? States. I wonder. I bet. I bet most of the Taiwanese want students are going to schools in in California. Is probably what I imagine, or New York. I know. Yeah. Uh, um, where did Tsai Ing Wen go when she was at, at pursuing her Cornell. Cornell? She was she was at Cornell in the states, and then she went to the London School of Economics. So she, she, yeah, she was in London as well. I think Lee Dong Hui was also at Cornell too. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a presidential tradition. It is a presidential tradition. I wonder and if what the, about Mind Joe, the former president, also studied. I think in the states at some he point. He went to Harvard, Harvard Law. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So basically, all the states we've covered. I th- yeah. 
I can't. I, I don't think since we've been ever study abroad. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm not a biographer, but I, uh, I can't remember him speaking too much English. So I don't know. Well, um, certainly where I was, it was mostly Taiwanese Americans. There were a second generation or later. There wasn't a student. There was a student association mm. that did bubble tea nights and things like Ooh. that. Um, and there was a restaurant, actually a Taiwanese chain restaurant. Oh, there, what was it called? Randomly, um, Ten. Oh, okay. Tenren tea? Yeah. Um, I have to say that the American version is actually much better. Is Oh, than, than here? I, I was very disappointed I because they serve food as well as... They do serve food. So I was surprised. There's some Taiwanese things there, but I think where I was in Maryland, definitely pretty much China, India, like you said. Yeah. I had a cousin uh, who lived in Maryland, who grew up in Maryland also. So like you definitely get... Taiwanese presences abroad. We're way more Korean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chinese. That too. Where we are. So, yep. um, I wonder what it is that attracts them. I, I, I would. Uh, the American dream, John. The American dream. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well. For those of you who like lobsters, we have some lobster-related news. Right up my alley. Tell me about it. All right. So a species of lobster we did not know we had. A very rare species, apparently. We do have, it turns out. Just people never noticed before. Um, it's a professor at National University of Tainan, mm-hmm. uh, who, with the help of some fishermen in Keelong, managed to get 10 living uh, specimens of these. They're red and white lobsters. Oh, wow. 10 at once. So they're like... In bands, it looks like red, uh-huh. white, red. Like they're not red lobsters. They're add a little blue in there, and you're super patriotic, man. I know, but um, they've only ever recorded them out in the South China Sea, where it was discovered in 1965, and off the western coast of Australia. So it's a weird thing to have turn up here. But yeah. um, apparently, this particular professor had heard fishermen talk of beautiful red and white lobsters for years. Oh wow! But had imagined, I guess it was a myth because like you've never seen it in person. Um, but yes, it is a type of scampi named after the Roman god of the sea, Neptune. In Australia, it's actually called the Neptune lobster. It doesn't okay. have a pitchfork or anything, so I don't know. I tried, I tried it. <laughs> nice try. So it. I don't know why. Uh... I mean, the lobsters already have claws. You want to throw a, a trident into that equation. Yeah. Um, and they included the ones that they caught off uh, Keelung Harbor uh, in the north of Taiwan include three females carrying eggs. Oh. And they're going to actually donate them. Um, and apparently... Uh, if you're interested in lobsters in Taiwan, I've got some figures here. Of the 45 species of lobsters found worldwide, 14 to 16 are endemic to Taiwan. Mm. And uh, they are mostly, mostly found off uh, the east and south coasts and sort of the Keelung on the north yeah. area. So down the west coast where I guess there's more industry. and The Wanli. I wonder area. if that may have something to do with it. And the Wanli is crabs. Wanli is – oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, right. I get my crustaceans mixed up. Uh, oh, don't we all? Don't we all? <laughs> All right, so um, there are only around 40 of these lobsters are caught a year, and apparently scientists here had just never noticed before. So there's natural wonders being found on and off Taiwan all the time. You said these lobsters were discovered in 1965. So not that long ago as far as discovering of new wow, species these goes. lobsters evaded notice for 55 years, man. Talk about a crash course in To, to science, at least. Fishermen knew about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I wonder if this will turn up on menus anytime soon. That red lobster is going to have to change its name. Yeah, that's a uh, wow. Red and white lobster. They're like it's like it's like almost albinism. Looking. Actually, John, what do what do they say about the taste of the lobster? I don't know. Okay, what do they say? we'll find out. 
All right. Well, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. I am John Van Trias. And I'm Leslie Liao. Don't go anywhere just yet. Uh, up next is Jukebox Republic. Unfortunately, this week it's going to be a rerun. Shirley, as we've said, is in the hospital. So please send your thoughts her way. Yes. Um, in the meantime, uh, we'll see you next time. See you around. Welcome to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, Radio Taiwan International. Taiwan is trying really hard to promote its culture, especially in like you know these uh, traditional professions. So what do they do? Tourism factories. They turn these factories that make certain you know products into like a tourism hotspot. And what they generally do is that they have a makeover of the place so that people can visit and try their hands at making whatever the product that they sell or used to sell. <laughs> Usually, they are very friendly to children too so that you know it's something for the whole family to visit and it's been a whole day there. That's what I did. I went to a factory slash museum that makes rice vermicelli. It was a one-day trip for the senior citizens in our church and my hubby, Big John, and I went along. That's because Big John had the job of vlogging the whole event. Yes, vlogging. This song here is Lü Chen Ji Lu. Record a trip, a journey by Hijack. <laughs>
You're listening to Jubal's Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm talking about my trip to a tourism factory for rice vermicelli.、Um, if you've been learning about Taiwan, you probably know that Xinzhou is famous for its rice vermicelli because it is known to be a windy city, and the thin noodles really need good gusts of wind to air dry them. So we gathered at 8 a.m. to take a tour bus for a one and a half hour drive to Xinzhou from Taipei City. There were about 36 of us on the trip. My in-laws were included. You know, one thing that elderly like to do on tour buses: sing karaoke. But surprisingly, not this time. One of the persons in charge arranging the trip has a tour guide license, and she said that、uh, you know, at first she said that, well, let's all rest for like thirty minutes, like no no sound because it's so early in the morning. Everybody probably wants to catch up on sleep or something, and before that, before you know, we'll let anybody you know sing karaoke. But then she kept on talking, and she's great at talking. So by the time we got to our destination, nobody sang. <laughs> you know, it's、uh, to be honest. Sometimes it can be kind of noisy when they sing, and you try, and you know, and you're trying to nap on the bus. Well, sometimes these grandmas and grandpas really look forward to singing on the bus and showing off their great voices. You know, some of them can really sing. I mean, really, I was ready with earplugs actually in case they were going to sing. Because I know I didn't sleep well. I mean, didn't sleep enough the night before, so I was prepared to, you know, sleep on the bus. But then, without the singing, I still couldn't sleep. <laughs> so I did not sleep on the bus. On the way there, at least. Anyway, so、um, here's another song about Ji Lu、um, making a record or vlogging. In this case, you know, my, that's my husband, Big John's job. So here's Ji Lu by Zhu Lijing.
处，藏走过的仓促，心中的地图只剩那条路。那一段感触会让你专注，说不。有关于爱的记录，非谁把谁记住。幸福不是谁说了就算数，我会是你的领悟，或只是一个错误。我们都对爱不负，但却都没有被谁付出。Well, the place is big but really run down. On the contrary, they didn't try to remodel the place. I could tell by the toilets, you know. Well, first thing we did was we learned how to make rice vermicelli. Of course, we were to work in pairs and sit opposite each other on these long tables. I had to work on my own since Big John was busy vlogging. But I was disappointed because they didn't teach us to make, you know, the rice vermicelli from scratch. We were given these already made rice vermicelli. Wait. You're asking what's rice vermicelli? There are these really thin noodles made from rice. Either you know you can stir fry them, or you put them in a soup along with some vegetables and some meat, maybe. Anyway, now each pair、uh, was handed these already made rice vermicelli in a big bunch. Okay, and then we just had to try and separate them into twelve smaller bunches of roughly the same size. Now each pair was handed a big wooden rack with twelve compartments. We were to put the twelve bunches in the twelve compartments, and each rack came with a number on the side. And we had to remember the number because they were going to put all these racks through a big hot dryer, so that we can put them. You know, when when we get back them back, we can put them in these.、Um, we can package them. Yeah, package them. Anyway, so while we waited for. Uh, the rice vermicellis to be dried. There were these pressing machines on the side of the room we were in that we can try pressing a big cylindrical block of rice paste through a sieve with very very tiny holes to make the really thin vermicelli. And you know we were supposed to do that and take pictures of us doing that. We were to press out on a lever like you would on a hand pump water pump. Okay, like those old style water pump. So they made things easier for us by skipping that step for us. Aha! You know. Anyway, they didn't want to make too much of a mess. Maybe. 
Um, they didn't want us to make too much of a mess, maybe. Anyway, the vermicelli were done and they were dried in no time. We retrieved our racks and started packing them one by one. We were given 12 bags, these small bags with flavoring packs in them. Then we were to take our 12 packs and go to a row of sealers on another side of the room and seal up the packs ourselves by pressing down on a lever on the floor using our foot. And uh, mine didn't come up very well because I was so afraid to burn my fingers, you know. Um, anyway, but they were sealed all right. And uh, yeah. Well, you see, there is a lot more we can do with rice. So we were also able to try our hands at making other rice delicacies. And here's a song about rice. It's ilimi, or in Mandarin Chinese, you know, that's the Hokkien um, uh, reading of that, which means one grain of rice. And it's by the late Guo Jingfa, a Hokkien language singer. Yeah, that's why I said that in Bi. Oh, I have to do it. Okay, never mind. One grain of rice. Bye. 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 Bye.
The next thing we did was watch. Yes, watch, not make ourselves. Uh, how Tony Stop Popcorn was done. Actually, I guess I should call them Rice Krispies. Now, if you heard my colleague Andrew Ryan introduce popped Rice Krispies from a street vendor in his food program, you would have heard the sound effect of a big bang that comes from the traditional Rice Krispie popper here in Taiwan on a, that sell on the streets. Anyway, that's what we heard again. The rice was put through this iron heater, you know, kind of round thing that turns and turns and turns. And then when the time was right, with my hands covering my ears, it gave off a big bang to release all the air inside the rice grains to make them puff up. They were poured into these puffed up rice, you know, rice grains. They were poured into a wooden square box where the popped grains of rice were quickly pressed down using not a wooden roller, but a steel roller, I think it was, by hand. Everyone could only have their hands at rolling once or twice and then take a picture of you rolling the Rice Krispies. Then it was time for lunch. There was a one big dish of stir-fried rice vermicelli, of course. There was a chicken dish. There was a fish dish. There was a soup, um, a vegetable of like these really great, delicious, sweet Chinese cabbage. Yummy. And a plate of these uh, mochi, um, you know, like rice cakes made from rice. Uh, Rice filled with, of course, filled with savory fillings. And then there were other dishes. I couldn't remember what they were, but we ended with uh, watermelon slices for dessert. I generally don't like stir-fried rice vermicelli because they're too dry and chewy for me. But surprisingly, the stir-fried rice vermicelli that day was moist and yummy. Later I learned it's because their rice vermicelli was made of 100% rice, not like store-bought where they add other stuff. So I took the leftover of the uh, rice vermicelli home from our table, that is, from our table. After lunch, we took a tour of a rice vermicelli museum, which was really, you know, simple, nothing really exciting, although they had a couple of these old-style grinders made of wood to grind by hand, you know, these cooked rice into paste, and we took pictures of that. Then, uh, of us doing that, actually. My husband, yeah, Big John took pictures of me doing that. Then, then it was time to make mochi, like, um, 
um, you know, this dessert uh, with uh, mochi-like dessert with the red bean paste fillings for sweet-flavored ones and then pickled turnip strips for savory-flavored ones. Now, all the grandnannies rolled up their sleeves to try kneading the rice dough with adding a little bit of water at a time and they were kneading away, kneading away. And then so then eventually we had to uh, roll them into little balls and uh, for the sweet ones, we flatten out the balls, fill it with red bean paste. And then we were to grease these wooden molds where we pressed a ball of mochi uh, into the mold. And out comes these beautiful dessert with a nice imprint on one side. Um, after that, we kneaded some, uh, more rice dough and rolled tang yuan, which is like these little rice balls, teeny teeny rice balls. Uh, some of them pink ones, others white ones. And... Uh, which eventually we could take home and then, you know, boil them in, uh, boil them in like this sweetened soup to make a sweet dessert. There was one last thing we made, but that was uh, sweet mochi with different fillings, I guess. But Big John and I left at that point, so we didn't get to make that. But I was sure that they had the rest of the people had a great time even after we left because they took a group picture as always at the end with a big pink banner that reads quote-unquote, the Golden Ministry, you know, Senior Citizens, stands for Senior Citizens, and they all had happy smiles on their faces. Well, that's it about my trip to a tourist factory making rice vermicelli. And um, yeah, thank you so much for joining me on Jopas Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. And one last song. Here's about Kwai Le. That means being happy. Kwai Le Bo De Bi. That's uh, the Taiwanese for saying uh, incomparable happiness by Wang Ling. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. 
In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kilohertz. In South Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw.